Hey, welcome back to the edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop, and this is episode 105. And everything's kind of blurring together for us when you go from <laughs> a tournament schedule to like while the tournaments were going on, there were a lot of teams that were starting district at that same time too with these kind of new schedules around the state and, uh, you know, checking in on things that are going on in Arizona and, and, and California as well. And I, we were talking before we got on here. It's like, I'd like look through all my notes and like remind myself which teams I've seen most recently. Cause it's all just kind yeah. of blending, uh, blending together right now, which means we have a lot to talk about and we'll probably focus on what we've seen just this recent week, which is actually a lot of teams when you consider the yeah. weekend prior had tournaments and things like that. And some really exciting district matches, uh, with with uh, high schools on spring break and things like that. So, um, Drew, first off, how you doing? How how's the family hanging in there? Um, I haven't talked to a single person with kids that isn't dealing with some sort of something right now. Yep, yep. We faced that um, last. Well, still a little bit, but Koi uh, Koi was good. Knock on wood. Um, Gray had the double ear infection, pink eye, oh. and a nasty cough all at once. Oh, and it kind of took him out for the whole last week. And as a result, Koi got to go to some games with me this weekend, but uh, which was its own experience. I, um, yeah, I can imagine. Friday, really good. Saturday, a little more challenging. <laughs> I, by the end of the game, he was sitting in the front row with no shirt no shoes and no socks so okay um but everyone was alive we made it we made it out of their home um so overall we're good but yeah no it's it's that time of year i think um for just everything going on in the daycare so but yeah like you said a lot of good baseball that's man this tournament time is a great time to get out and see some volume yes um, got to see some really good teams really good matchups um, you could tell by the end of it, people are kind of over the tournament play, um, yeah. you know, and ready to get on the district. And that's got started on the public school side this week. So get getting to see some of those games. Um, well, I have already have, but get to see some more moving forward. So, but yeah. 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 It's the, yeah. By the end of the tournament deal, especially the last one, you can kind of tell coaches and players are kind of, ready to flip the page and, and and move on forward. But it is, it is fun for us because I feel like if you see a team multiple times, you get a really good feel for, for players, for what kind of team they are and all that sort of thing. Like some of these teams I've just have seen a bunch already just because they've had really good schedules and played in the same events and things like that. So, um, but we're going to kick it off with, with rivalry week in district action um, yeah. you had the, you had the big one, uh, up your way last night and I had the big one down my way, uh, last night and Monday They actually played Monday and Tuesday back to back, um, Westlake and Lake Travis, but let's start with you with Rockwall and he looked like a, uh, a dramatic, um, as these games typically are between those two teams, a dramatic tight, um, extra inning affair that had a charged atmosphere and, and just another installment of what's what's definitely one of the better matchups in the state of Texas for high school baseball. Yeah, definitely. It was another packed house um, at Rockwall last night. A um, lot going on. You know, they got a softball game going on, uh, Rockwall and Heath. And I don't know when it started, but, you know, a lot of these schools now play the JV and the varsity back-to-back. 
Mm-hmm. That um, was last night for me too. Yeah, so that added to it a little bit. You know, some some of the people showed up to get their seats and got to catch the end of the the JV game, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, like you said, a great game. Um, really good pitching on both sides. Um, Landry Powell went six and a third with 13 Ks. Whoa. Uh, yeah. The breaking ball was breaking ball was really, really good. Again, um, that just seems to be a theme for him. Uh, he was moving the fastball around, um, and just really, you know, had to come out because of pitch count, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, pitched incredibly, um, on the other side, Remington Spurl, who'd been, battling a little bit of a, a leg injury. Um, he went five shutout, um, get to the bottom of the seventh. Coach Harvey pinch hits um, with Barkley, uh, gets a base hit with two outs and two strikes to keep the game alive. Um, off off Mac Rose, who, was, who looked really good last night on the mound. Um, and... Next batter, our, one of our favorite players, uh, gamer Colin Adams, hits a double in the gap. And you know, based on the way the Rockwall route or Rockwall Heat series has gone, you know, it's just kind of a it felt like a, oh no, here we go again. Um, but they they toughened up um, and then got the win in, in extra innings um, with a walk off ground ball from Mac Rose um, with, after Heat had loaded the bases. Um, but really good pitching performances on the Rockwall side. Remington Spurl, like I said, five innings, no runs. Mac Rose threw two innings. Um, he's still battling a little um, hamstring injury, I think. And so they're kind of being cautious with how they use him. And then uh, Pearson Reebok came on to get the get the win uh, in extra innings. But we talked about Landry Powell. Um, Ethan actually, you know, fresh off his commitment for, for to Rice, yeah, uh, five three GBA guy, yeah, yeah. You know, they they played it right. The situation was perfect. They, mm-hmm. you know, they had a runner, a uh, runner get to third with no outs. They get a strikeout. Then they walk uh, Braden Randall and Micah Kendrick, and bring in Ashley, and get a, a ground ball, and just happened to, you know, it, he it was chopped high enough that the the run scored, but. A really good baseball, really good baseball game. Um, you know, in those in those rivalry matchups like, like that, nobody cares how it gets done. Just yeah. that it gets done. Just get it done. You know? yeah. yeah. So, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of big momentum shifting plays, even for a two one game. Um, you know, so there there's some base running mistakes. Uh Mac picked the guy off at second base when he was catching. Um but a lot of good performances, you know, you can, it, it is, it, it is cool kind of seeing some of the new names pop up in the rivalry too. Like yeah, Landry Powell's a, a new name for it. Remington Spurl, like we said, was really good. Landon Locke for Rockwall's turning into a good, a good little player. He had a, he had a hit as well. Um, you know, but you know, a lot of times in these games, you get the unsung heroes uh, coming up and making a, you know, making something happen. But last night it was Dylan Garcia uh, got it. Got a base hit to lead off the bottom of the eight and ended up scoring the winning run. So, um, you know, a lot of times it takes the performances from the guys that you expect, but a lot of times these rivalry games, it's someone you don't expect. And that, mm-hmm. that was the case last night for Rockwall. And, uh, but, but again, just another really good matchup between two of the top programs in the state. And, 
luckily for me, I just get to go down right down the street and, and we'll get to see part two on Friday. So. Um, yeah. I, I do like that. They kind of double dip these games now because it kind of, it prevents teams from stacking up their best arm to face. Right. Right. You know, the same team twice and things like that. So it, it's, it's, you know, that lingering result, I'm sure will fuel a little extra energy uh, oh, yeah. for Heath heading into that game on Friday. And, uh, you know, my, my two games down here um, wasn't much of a break in between. It was Monday and Tuesday for Westlake and, and Lake Travis starting things off and in, in that district and two of the best teams in the state. And Westlake ended up getting uh, getting the rare sweep um, and then in this instance and uh, two really, really competitive games, two raucous atmospheres, uh, a lot of energy, a lot of talk, a lot of tense <laughs> moments. Yeah. Um, a lot of, um, you know, there's, there's a few umpire meetings and strike call. <laughs> it just it just had everything that these games uh, typically have. And, you know, Monday night, the way it started, Westlake committed three errors in the first inning and, and Lake Travis jumped up three nothing. And you're thinking, oh, man, this is this is not an ideal situation. You know, Chance Covert uh, only lasted one in the third. Uh, but we'll get to him. He kind of had a redemption moment last night on the mound for, for Westlake. And. I'm thinking, oh man, with OJ Gonzalez on the mound for Lake Travis, like this is this is a tough situation for Westlake. Um, and you know, Westlake just kept battling, man. That's that's they've got such a deep lineup that they really grind out of bats. And even when they were struggling early on, OJ Gonzalez's stuff to start was really good. He's heading to ACU. Um, I actually saw ACU recording co- recruiting coordinator Blaze Lambert there, um, checking in on his, his future guy there on the mound. Um, OJ was at 89 to 91 consistently, sinker. Um, he's even gotten better with the breaking ball. It's, it's kind of a two plane curve, but he's also showing kind of a power slurve as well when he throws the pitch harder and he's got a change up that he doesn't throw a lot, but it's got a really good look to it. I think it's going to help him at the next level, but he was cruising along, you know, punching guys out, making pitches, really throwing well. And then he got into, I believe the fourth inning and he started getting squeezed a little bit and just things just kind of unraveled quickly And Westlake just kind of sensing, you know, some blood in the water a little bit. Uh, Nathan Duvall had a big knock who ended up actually coming and closing that game and getting the win for those guys. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, major ball player vibe, two-way guy. Um, yeah, he came in to close. He was, I, I think he was around 84, 85 in that game. He actually tweaked a hamstring last night and was pitching when his velocity was down. Uh, can spin a really nice overhand curveball, throws a changeup for a strike, plays third base, hits two hole. Like they love him at Westlake. That's a guy that, that definitely needs to find an opportunity to keep playing at the next level. But um, he had a big hit, um, you know, and then Theo Gillen, right after they get down three, nothing in that game, gets up against OJ and whacks a really hard double first at bat into the gap. And it kind of, I think that really kind of let his team know, hey, you know, we're, we're okay. You know, we're in this. He kept the crowd into it with that kind of highlight moment. Um, he really swung the bat well, both games, got intentionally walked once last night, but um, it's just when the, it's now that I've seen him a bunch this year, when the stuff gets better, typically his bat gets better, you know, just because he yeah. has really good bat speed and he can get on time and stuff. But, um, you know, Wesley just kept battling, put up a five spot and that's just what that lineup does. And, uh, you know, shout out to Joe Sockwell, who I know coach Blair really likes senior right-handed reliever, uh, low slot sidearm, heavy fastball can throw the breaking ball in there. Another way it's kind of like things are going one direction and the other direction with his stuff. Doesn't light up the radar gun, you know, 81, 83, might bump a four or five 
occasionally, but he went in there and he gave them really, really quality extended relief uh, appearance. I think he threw four and two thirds shutout innings against Lake Travis, who has a really, really good lineup and kept, didn't just keep Westlake in the game, allowed those guys to get the lead and then for Duvall to come in and shut it down there in a kind of dramatic fashion. But um, a really exciting game. Uh, You know, Cole Johnson had a big hit late in that one. And it looked like Lake Travis is about to tie the game in the final innings, but but Duvall and those guys were able to make pitches and, and get out of it there. But, um, you know, Sockwell just came up huge for those guys in that game and, um, you know, had the second installment last night and just pitchers making pitches. A lot of runners yeah. were left on base. Um, you know, our guy Jack Brady, I, I, you know, talking to his dad before the game, he was gearing up for this one. He's had it circled and he threw extremely well. It was like as the, as the outing got – got going he got stronger his velocity started ticking up his command started getting sharper he got into a rhythm and he threw five really really high quality innings on the mound curveball was good like cutter was there uh moving the fastball around the plate like when he missed they they were quality misses um made some good pitches he struck out cole johnson the huge situation uh with runners on base and really performed at a high level in an atmosphere that was like it you know, it, it could get to you on the mound if, if you let it, because there's just a lot of energy in the stands, a lot of talk from both dugouts and things like that. Um, but he threw really, really well there. Jackson Baker got the start for Lake Travis. And like he is a he is a fascinating pitcher um, heading to Alabama. He's a guy that we've talked about before. I've seen multiple times and his stuff moves so much that it's just sometimes hard to keep in the zone like his sinker. Mm-hmm was up to 93 and it is a ton of late horizontal life and his slider. It's like a F one car, man. Like that's cruising down the track and all of a sudden it takes that sharp turn at like 83, 84 miles an hour. And it's just like, everything is going sideways, you know? And unfortunately sometimes it just really doesn't go straight all the time. So he had a shorter outing, but his stuff was really, really lively. I think it's just a matter of time before, you know, this might happen at the next level where, they get to his, you know, he's a good athlete, you know, just start the sinker one way, start the slider one way. And all of a sudden the strikes are really going to tick up, but uh, his stuff was extremely good. And then Caden Leon came in and pitched again. Um, he was in a losing effort. The star of the show Monday night for Lake Travis, a guy that I saw accidentally last year and, and wrote about. Um, they bumped him up from JV um, during the season. I went to go see Luke Jackson, who's at Texas A&M now. And here comes this, you know, little, righty out of, out of the bullpen in the seventh inning. And I'm like, who is this guy throwing 87 with the overhand hook and a good changeup for a strike and text on Lake Travis? Like, Oh yeah. You know, we, we bumped him up from JV. It's like, you guys got these guys hanging out in JV. Like this guy would be an ace at, at most six, eight programs in yeah. the state of Texas. Yeah. So we filed him away and like, all right, this is going to be one to watch for sure. Had a really strong football season, filling in a quarterback for Lake Travis a lot of the time. And because of that, we, you know, he didn't play a, a ton of summer baseball, doing a lot of seven on seven and things like that. But we did have some good video of him on summer. I was like, oh, yeah, here it comes. And sure enough, he gets on the mound a cold night and bumps 93 and just spins a really good overhand hook and then shows a really, you know, promising changeup as well. It's like, oh, man, it's here it is. The jump is happening uh, through 2.1, just dominant innings on Monday. Um, comes back out on Tuesday. Um, if I'm being honest, I don't love the idea of a guy coming back out on Tuesday after throwing two and a third on Monday and throwing the Thursday prior. Uh, but his stuff was just as good last night as it was on Monday. He was up to 92. Um, curveball, it didn't quite have the same feel, but there was some real spin there. Used the changeup a little more as well. Competed at an extremely high level. 
he came in with the bases loaded and no outs and a one uh with a one oh lead and he would have gotten out of it if they didn't drop a fly ball in the infield he would have retired everybody and kept the score one nothing um his stuff started ticking down his final inning which understandably so but i i just think that that's a guy that if I think every division one program within 500 or a thousand miles should take a look at Caden Leone. Like he is, it's really, really, really good stuff. And he hasn't even filled out yet. There's still some growth to come on. It's a really quick arm. We know he's a good athlete. Um, I think that it's, it's, he's a dude now, but I, I think it's just a matter of time before, you know, people catch on. It's like, okay, this is one of the better arms in the state of Texas. Like, he was a just missed guy for us on the 55. He will be in it next time, you know, now that yeah. we've seen him at the varsity level. Uh, but he threw really well last night, kept Lake Travis in the game. But, man, Lake Travis, they just they just hang in there. Um, our guy Aiden Bennett, another five-tool academic team member, came up with the big RBI knock later in that game. Yeah. RBI single to, to right center. Uh, I mentioned Brady keeping them in the game. Ben Longoria had a strong night behind the plate. He caught a runner stealing. Um, the more I see him, the more I think that's a really good get – um from navarro uh this guy's just just compete in the box theo gillen had good at bats again um isaac beeler plays an exceptional center field um can, good athlete can really run has one of the better high school arms i've seen from center field i mean it's a weapon in the outfield he threw a guy out at home monday um and then he had it just i think like travis figured out okay we can't test this guy um you yeah. know when we're trying to take extra bases and things like that and then Chance Covert had his redemption moment coming in to actually get the save in the seventh inning uh, with a couple runners on base, uh, two runners in scoring position with the final out of the game, and he gets a fly out to Beeler out there. And uh, um, very, uh, very animated post game. Uh, those guys are under understandably excited, but I think Westlake is now off to an eighteen and one start, and um, they just grind at teams. Uh, they just put together good at bats. They don't have a bunch of overwhelming stuff dudes on the mound, but they have a lot of guys who can pitch, who can compete, who make pitches, who can spin the baseball, can throw multiple pitches for a strike. Um, and, and with that lineup, sometimes it's just a matter of time uh, before those guys wear on you a little bit and, and they know they just put up a four spot or a five spot. And that's what happened on Monday night. And they just got the big hit on Tuesday night. So both those two teams, I think, are really legitimate state title contenders. Um, you know, Lake Travis, uh, the Schlotterbach brothers, one playing shortstop, swung the bat well. Um, and then Gavin behind the plate um, came in actually the pitch and was up to 89 miles an hour with a good sinker, like a wiffle ball changeup. I tweeted it out last night. He got Sage Sanders swinging on one of the better changeups I've seen this year. And I was like, this guy's been catching for five innings. They put him out on the mound. And he looks like a really good pitcher on the mound as, as well. That's just kind of, you know, what kind of arms they have. They've got a lot of really talented arms. Um, on that pitching staff, uh, I think um, Liam Richards has gotten better. He's hitting lead off for those guys. He's more physical. Um, he's swinging the bat with more intent. He's impacting the baseball more. Uh, he was on base a lot. We know he can run. Um, Hank Benny, another guy I think has improved. I had him at 398 down the line on a bunt, 414 on a single. Uh, not a lot of whiff in his profile. Uh, put the ball in play hard multiple times. Uh, they just they've, they've got a lot of presence in that lineup, and I think both of those two teams – um, are going to be real, real state title contenders, especially if they round into form um, in district play and then head into the playoffs in a month or so. But yeah, you know, I got a quick. Go ahead. Sorry, I got a well, got a phone call there. Uh, yeah, I got a quick look at Westlake on 
um, let's see, Thursday night. Uh, it's supposed to be two games, but weather caused it to be one. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff you mentioned I'll echo. Um, there's a lot of guys that look really comfortable in the box right now, mm-hmm. um, and they are extremely physical. Um, yes, they're big. Just say – just a, a, a good-looking, well-put-together team. Um, you know, Sage Sanders had a couple good swings um, on that game. You know, they've got uh, Blake Peterson. He's been, he's been a little bit banged up, so hopefully he gets back and yeah. going he got soon. He got a couple of bats last night were the first time I've seen him get in there. Um, so he, he's probably getting better. Yeah, so we know he can hit. Uh, but, I mean, I got to see I mean, Covert inning or, or through some on, against Wakeland. Um, miserable conditions. It's one of those games, you know, that we talk about that you can't penalize anyone for doing poorly, um, but you can take away some good stuff. And, and I, I was able to do that for um, Wakeland, um, despite Westlake beating them pretty good. But they had brought in a sophomore pitcher, Zeke Alexander, um, that was really impressive through four innings. He only ended up giving up one run. Now, at that time, they were already way down, but. He competed, he threw it in there, and it was not pleasant pitching conditions by any stretch of the imagination. So I was impressed with him, a uh, tall, lanky sophomore, that someone that I'm definitely going to want to see more of um, this spring or summer. Um, and then Addison Brown, a senior, had he had two hits as well um, and looked good in that game. But, but yeah, I mean, Theo, he had two infield hits in his first two at-bats. I mean, just – Plays hard, gets down the line. Yeah. Um, and I think, like you said, he's just one of those guys that the better the pitching, the better he is at the plate. So that's mm-hmm. that's going to be something to watch moving forward. And then Will Maggots was, you know, as advertised, you know, high-waisted, really athletic. Um, he's he's going to be a steal for somebody late. So yeah. uh, excited. And to even see him, like, he, he didn't have the show. results he, he'd want in the, in the Lake Travis games, but um, – his swing take decisions have always been really sound. And that's one thing I really place a lot of emphasis in is, you know, like he didn't see a fastball under 90 miles an hour on Monday. It's probably the first time he's seen really good stuff like that because he's, he's got to play much last year. Right. If you're swinging at the right pitches and your swing looks good, like that's, that's what I I look for. And I I think that he's got that, especially for a guy that doesn't have the typical experience of some of those really veteran senior players. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah, it's they're they're gonna be a contender all the way through it. Um mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they how they finish up, but man, they they look the part. Um they definitely look the part. Um and speaking of looking the part, uh I got to see I got my first um first look at Chandler Hart this season from Allen. Oh, that looked um, like fun. Yeah. Um he is special uh is the easiest way to uh to describe him at this point but you know a, a lot of kids that age you know are either haven't grown yet or aren't you know aren't completely grown into their bodies um but Chandler is a big athletic strong kid that is super coordinated for as big as he is mm-hmm. um i mean he's to me he's going to be barring injury he's going to be a a first round guy by the time he's a senior, no question. Um, I mean, shoot, he'd be, he might be in the mix this year, uh, to be honest. I mean, the stuff, the stuff is good. The repeatability is good. The athleticism is there and and the guy rakes too. <laughs> I mean, he faced a really, really tough Keller lineup and just 
I mean, really dominated. I mean, yeah. he was he was super impressive. Um, fastball is up to eighty eight. We've seen it harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, breaking ball, uh, he landed for strikes. He threw it for swing and miss, and then flashed a couple really good changeups. Um, and coming from the left side, coming out of that arm slot is tough. I mean, yeah. it was he did not he did not see very much hard contact, if any. Um, but super impressed with him. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of time between now and then, but you know, from everything we've seen of him, he's the real deal. Um, and he's going to be a force for Allen for several years. Um, a couple other guys from Allen, obviously we love Brady Coe. Brady Coe yep. can really hit hitters hit easiest way to describe him just looks mm-hmm. comfortable in the box. And another guy that, you know, we've seen be really successful over the last couple of years, Lathan Van Osdale. He's one of those guys, I think too, that, um, can really hit good pitching. Um, you know, I, I, every time I see him, I feel like he's more engaged and just on really good pitching more so than the lesser pitching. Um, he performs better against the better competition. That's just, that's, that's been my experience with him. Um, he got in the box in some big situations, had some good at bats. He had a two RBI single, uh, and a sack fly, uh, 2024 infielder Tate green, athletic infielder that can play second short third he was playing third i know he's been a little bit banged up with an injury but he made a really aggressive play at third base to cut off a ball that you know if he hadn't gone and got it probably would have ended up an infield hit Uh, but he knows he really knows how to play defense he looks comfortable out there um and had some really really good at bats over the weekend Uh, put together a nice tournament weekend this past week and He's a guy that's going to definitely be able to play at the next level for me. I just like the way he plays the game. Um, pretty non-assuming, goes about his business, and just catches it and throws it from a number of different positions. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Tate Green. Um, hitting in the three-hole for a good 6A team in Texas, you know, says a lot about a player. Yeah, like it does. Uh, Ty Holt, senior first baseman, made a really good diving play. Um, and then Aiden Austin, a 2025 outfielder, we've talked about him before, but – he can really run. He's an exciting player. Hit a had a, a good at bat where he drove a ball into right center field for a single. But Allen's gonna have a chance, man. They they they've got some good players. They've got some depth. You can tell they're really well coached. Um, they are going to be in our tournament next year, which is exciting. Nice. Um, yeah. So, but just just a fun team. Uh, got to see them against Keller. Keller was in a doubleheader, and it's funny. You know, we talk about a little bit about. Keller, not necessarily Keller, but teams, you know, being over the tournament scene, it was funny. Like I saw them two games on Thursday and they would probably tell you it wasn't their best day, but then they come back on later in the weekend and look like a completely different team mm-hmm. on the positive side. Um, you know, they let one slip away and ended up tying Highland Park in the first game of the day. Um, and then they ended up losing to Allen in a lightning shortened game. Um, but Allen was in control late in the game and they just called it. But um, I mean, Keller's position to do what they do and that's get into the playoffs and make some yep. noise. Um, very physical team, really big team, really good on the mound, obviously well coached uh, coach Stramp, Jared Stafford, and those, and, and those guys, they do a really good job. Uh, Jackson Hill, um, is turning into one of my favorite guys in the DFW area. He can fly. Had him yeah. at 388 down the line wow. on a bunt. 
um, made an incredible catch, uh, just incredible catch to rob um, to rob someone of an extra base hit. I think it was actually Brady Coe, I think, um, if, I, if my notes are right. But it was it was an incredible play. Um, he went back and caught a ball, you know, running up against the wall. Um, Buck Hartwig had a, had some good at bats. Um, he had a good weekend. I saw a lot of videos of him from our the second days of tournaments. Fisher Polidorov, hitter. Yeah, he was on um, fire. <laughs> yeah, he's he he can swing it. Um, yeah. there's there's no two ways about it. He can really hit. Um, let's see who else. Uh, freshman Cole Kaniger played shortstop. Um, on freshman, okay. Day two and day three, hit a home run against Rockwall to tie it up. Um, but man, Keller's got some arms too. Uh, obviously, Ty Zerodnik's one of the big names in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, he threw five shutout innings. Let's see, five shutout, maybe gave up one run in the chip. My notes here, yeah, yeah, one hit, no runs, five, five innings, seven Ks, one hit. Um, and then after he came out, uh, Highland Park was able to get get to to the reliever a little bit and score some runs and Highland Park eventually took the lead and then a double play ball that would have ended the game was kicked and they ended up tying so that that game ended in a tie got to see uh Max Stammel off of his Richmond commitment um really Richmond's been coming down to Texas and getting some guys or this this region yeah they have for sure um Stammel looked good from the left side Sam Webster started the game for Highland Park, did some good things. Um, wasn't as sharp as we've seen him before, but you can tell he's one of the, the leading leading arms for that Highland Park team. A.C. Hickman had an RBI double. Parker Stevens had an RBI single. Jake Pryor had the big two RBI. I, think it was, I believe it was with two outs um, to take the lead uh, late in the game for Highland Park. But um, Mason Cook moving back to Keller. Mason Cook really flashed some good stuff. Had a really good slider. It was 87 to 90. He had a, sh- a shorter start um, in that Allen game, but was really impressive. Uh, Dalton Oslovsky got the start against Rockwall. Um, did well. Kept them in the game. Uh, then they had a big win against Prosper on Friday. Nicholas Robb, Braden Simmons combined for that win. That was the game Fisher Polidorov went off. And then Kevin Hammond, uh, younger brother of Eric, uh, senior catcher for for Keller, um, he did some nice things, threw out some runners. I think he's a little bit banged up too, but he fought through it and caught um, and did a good job for for Keller. Uh, But Keller's loaded. They've got a lot of pieces. They've got some physicality. They've got um, some real athleticism, obviously being well coached. Like they Mm -hmm. have all the pieces uh, to make another run, but was really impressed with them. Um, saw some really good baseball from those teams over the course of the weekend. But um, then the last game I saw was uh, I saw Barrett Kent um, throw three innings against Richardson um, and was impressive. Uh, struck out four, um, but nothing really squared up against him. Mm-hmm. Um, was up to 95, spun some really good sliders. Um, and I think the scouts saw what they needed to see. Um, and then it, Looked like apparently he ticked up again yesterday, up being up to ninety seven, yeah, um, and then uh, and hitting a grand slam too, I think. Right, so, yeah, I saw that. 
then to open up district play. But um, but yeah, like I said, I got to see Rockwall one other time. Got to see them against Keller. Um, Jake Overstreet is he's having a great a year. Mm-hmm. He really is, and you can tell he's taking a step athletically. Uh, really, really good player. I just like I like his leadership. I like the mm-hmm. the you know Rockwall has three really good catchers. Um, and he's one of them. And he's got some versatility. He can play third base. He can play outfield. Moves well for a catcher. Um, just physical toughness. You know, I you can see that with him. Um, you can tell he's kind of a no nonsense player, mm-hmm. right? Not a lot of flash to what he does, but all he does is hit. Um, and going into or coming out of the weekend, at least, I think he was hitting about four eighty. Um, and he hits work. the ball to all hits the ball to all fields going oppo pulling the ball um and and hitting the ball hard too i know he hits you know hits some with chris edelstein and you know the performance guys and they do a good job and so you know he'll he'll continue to get better at the plate and behind it so really exciting player one of my favorite players in the dfw area for that 24 class um and has made a noticeable jump so so yeah, that was that was my weekend on the on the high school tournament scene. But a lot of good baseball. I got to see some really good teams and and some new names pop up, which is always exciting, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that was fun getting you know the Chandler Hart look. That uh, that looked really really exciting. And yeah. Keller's all Keller's always you know really good. And you know I remember seeing Nicholas Rob and those guys when they came down for that freezing weekend last year. Yes. Um, and they were super physical then. And, you know, in, in Jackson Hill, man, what a great get for UTA jumping on that guy in the summer. Uh, he's got really exciting tools and, and continues to perform. Uh, I got my annual look at the the guys from Sinton this past weekend as they came up and played in the Keith Tuck Moral Invitational at Dripping Springs. And uh, our guy, Jaquay Stewart, threw a complete game shutout against Smithson Valley and also had the only RBI base hit in the game. Um, he's, he, I don't like, he's a hitter, but he's throwing well enough that I think he's going to throw innings at Houston Christian as well. Assuming that they, they would like him to do that because he throws a ton of strikes. Um, he's like, he's a good athlete on the mound, like a strike thrower can spin the breaking ball different ways, come at you with the fastball. Um, you know, I think he was kind of hearing it a lot from the Smithson Valley dugout during the game and. That's not a guy you talk to because it just elevates his performance even more. And that's exactly what happened. He's in the seventh inning, just letting it all hang out and, and getting guys out and gets a complete game shut out there. Um, and he swung the bat really well throughout the week. Uh, his his strike zone awareness, I think, is really good. And I think it's going to help him even more as he moves up levels and the umpiring gets more consistent and things like that. But um, typical Jaquay Stewart, man, just one of our favorite players in the class continues to do his thing. And he's going to be a big, big part uh, of what Sinton does. And obviously Blake Mitchell, um, you know, he, he found the barrel a lot during the game. I think I saw them four times, found a lot of barrels, um, didn't have much to show for it. Uh, center fielder, um, in a couple games, tracked down balls deep, deep in the gap. Uh, he just missed one pitch and got under it and hit a fly ball that had a seven second hang time in the right field. I mean, it was sky high in the air and then it's just funny that's how baseball works sometimes two of the softest hit balls he hit found found turf you know for base yep. hits um it was funny the dripping springs game when they were playing dripping springs it was really tight late in the game and i'm over on the side getting an open open stance look with with you know a bunch of scouts scouts cross checkers scouting directors they're all there 
And Dripping Springs puts him on intentionally. And, you know, Dripping Springs coach just looks over and goes, sorry, guys. You know, as, as they put him on, you know, but it's, it's the smart baseball play with first base open in that situation. But, um, you know, Mitchell looked apart defensively as he typically does. Uh, nobody attempted to steal on second base against him uh, the entire time that I saw him catch. Well, don't, you have to be, well, don't you have to be on base? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There are some opportunities. I I think some teams kind of thought about it and uh, it's just hard when you see him warm up every inning and you see that the ball just kind of goes on a line that gets about chest level and it doesn't move. Uh, That's, that's a, that's a tough proposition for base runners, but um, I don't think I saw him whiff once. And, you know, I think that that's something that's really going to help him in the draft conversation is we know the power, we know the athleticism, um, we, we know the arm strength and defensive building and things like that, you know, but the hit tool, like for, for, to not whiff, you know, when you're, you're making good swing take decisions and you're getting pitched around a lot and you're seeing spin and all these sorts of things like, um, you know, fouled some balls off, but found the barrel some didn't whiff a single time. I, I think he really showed what he's been showing all season is that he's undoubtedly one of the best catching prospects um, in the nation. And the guy, I think that's going to be firmly in the mix to be a first round pick, um, when the draft comes around there. Um, Braden Brown, who said the same Houston State, carried a no-hitter into the sixth inning against Dripping Springs. Uh, I think that they like him more as an infield hitter, but he's he's a quality pitcher. You know, 80, 84 to 86, can sink it, two different breaking balls, changeup gets whiff. He got whiffs on all four pitches. Um, carried a no-hitter into the sixth inning. It was Taylor Tracy from Dripping Springs that broke the no-hitter. Um, and then Dripping Springs ended up um, tying that game and uh, enforcing extra innings there. Theo Howard for Dripping Springs had a big knock uh, for those guys as well. Um, Mason Ashlock, I think, is a guy that a lot of junior colleges are paying attention to for Dripping Springs. Physical, right-hand hitting first baseman, a lot of bat speed, a lot of power. Um, he connected on a few baseballs this weekend. That when he connects, it really jumps off the bat. But uh, strong weekend for Brandon Brown. I think he's going to be a big, big part again of what they do as they try to defend their four A state championship. Um, on the uncommitted side, Caden McCoy is a senior center fielder, right-handed hitter for Sinton. Um, it played really, really good center field defense. The way Dripping Springs is field is it's a big field. It plays big. So right. if you're a standout center fielder defensively out there, like it's going to show because you're going to have an opportunity to cover a lot of ground. You're probably going to be challenged with some balls in the gaps and uh, he was challenged several times and made a few really, really good catches. Um, I think it's probably an above average arm as well. Um, high-waisted athlete, a guy that hasn't fully matured physically. I think there's still a lot of growth, a lot of filling out, a lot of strength that's going to be added. He's never going to be a super big physical guy, but I think there's some room to fill out there. Um, swung the bat well as well. He's un- uncommitted. I-, I think he's definitely more than talented enough. Uh, to keep playing the glove alone and then the ability to put the ball in play and he runs pretty well. Um, he's, he's got a really interesting skill set. I think that is a guy that's going to get an opportunity to keep playing. Uh, Marco Gonzalez in the, in the 2024 class played a really clean shortstop hits Lee off sometimes for those guys. It's either him or Blake, depending on what coach Allen he's wants. Um, but you know, competed well in the batter's box, but, but played a clean defense to, uh, there. He's gotten taller uh, since we saw him in the summer. And I think he's still got plenty of projection there. Uh, Nick Flores had a couple of bright moments um, offensively. And then Cash Wood in the 2025 class. I really like this guy. Uh, he was a picking machine over at first base uh, for Sinton. Saved a couple of runs and, and got those guys to mounts in some situations. Um, tall. He's going to be a physical presence. I really like the swing. Uh, I like the decisions, what he was swinging at. 
And uh, I had to do a double take when I saw he was a 25. I was like, okay, who's this uncommitted senior that, you know, maybe some JUCOs need to check in on. I was like, oh no, this guy's a sophomore. <laughs> like, okay, this is, this is gotta, this guy's had an opportunity to be a really big time dude in that class. And uh, yeah, he's, you know, I, I think as he gets more reps and things like that, he's going to become a force for those guys offensively. But um, this Sinton's going to, going to definitely compete to defend their title. Um, it's tough to compare them last year's team because last year's team was ridiculously loaded. When you add the Galvan brothers in there and Wyatt, Wyatt Trek and, um, you know, the, uh, Chester, I forget his first name, but he, he was a big presence. Cannon in the, Chester, Cannon Cannon Chester was a big Chester. presence for those guys. They lost a lot of really good seniors from that team, but they're still really, really good again. Um, especially when you go Jaquay and Braden Brown in your district rotation, Blake Mitchell came out of the pen to close the game. And I love this. He came against Dripping Springs in extra innings. Didn't throw a single breaking ball. Didn't throw a single changeup. It's here it is. 92-95, I am coming after you. And uh, that's exactly what he did. And threw a scoreless uh, perfect inning to close out that win for Sinton, which I, I love it when guys like that are just like, here it is, hit it. You know, I'm going to challenge you with, with my heater and, and see what happens. Uh, Smithson Valley is a team I've seen a couple times already. Um, Jackson Elizondo, who's headed to Baylor, started the game against Sinton. And when he got cooking in the middle innings, when he was up to 90, he was mowing guys down. At one point, he struck out five straight batters. It's a deceptive look. He's got short arms and deceptive arm path. So the fastball really jumps on guys. They just don't see it um, very well. And uh, he was he was flying through batters there against Sinton and really throwing the baseball well. Um, he's added like a little bit of a cutter, too. That's about 83-84. Um, curveball, kind of different shapes with that. Um, but it was getting some swing and misses. Um, I've seen him a bunch every time. I, I like it. Really strong, great athlete on the mound. Uh, I think he's going to be a candidate to make a big jump there um, at, at Baylor at the next level. But uh, strong arm for those guys. But it, it was a tough 1-0 game uh, for them against Sinton whenever you're uh, seeing Jaquay. But we've talked about Smithson Valley when I, I saw them at the scrimmages. Super physical team. I'd say, you know, they're probably the only team I've seen that's more physical than Westlake. Like they're just a bunch of big dudes. Ethan Gonzalez, uh, David DeHeos. Uh, they've just got a big Bryce Wells, another big guy in the lineup. They're getting MJ Espinoza back from injury, who's another physical guy. I haven't seen him pitch yet, but I know he can throw really, really hard on the mound. Um, they're going to make some definite noise. Um, Zachary Gingrich is a guy I really, really like as well, hitting leadoff for those guys. Um, had a tough night against Jaquay and some tough left-on-left matchups, but I really like the tools there and what he can do on the mound as well. Um, so, so they're going to be a candidate to make a deep run um, in, in this state conversation as well. And I got to see New Braunfels Canyon again. I saw them in the Hill Country Tournament when they came down and played at Westlake. And it was my second time just by coincidence to see Sam Ortiz, who's an uncommitted senior pitcher, for Canyon and uh, threw really, really well against Sinton. Got the win against Sinton. Um, just really competitive. Um, only guy, stick. only guy in the last two years to do so. Yeah, how about that? Like you know, only guy that that can make that claim. Uh, just like he doesn't blow you away with with the fastball. You know, eighty two, eighty five, but moves it around. Really competes. Carries himself with a lot of under control confidence. Um, changeup can be a weapon to neutralize lefties. The curveball can get whiffs against righties. He's currently an uncommitted senior. Um, I think he's a guy that's got some room to add some strength to the next level and fill out a little bit, uh, but just a really competitive gamer on the mound. Uh, competes in the batter's box as well, but I think he's going to win a lot of games for those guys this year and really give them an opportunity to do some damage 
um, in their district. Um, Evan Janner, who's heading to uh, uh, UTRGV, really like what I see with the bat there. That's a great get with those guys. Um, Isaac, the Y-man, uh, who we saw at the sliders this summer, uh, catcher, standout hitter. Uh, he's been swinging the bat well this summer as well. Trip Villanueva uh, heading to Centenary looks like a great get for those guys. Kind of a stocky, physical, stocky, short-armed hitter, second baseman. Um, he's athletic, um, hammered the ball a couple times, really got those guys going offensively against Sinton. Um, Deuce Adams uh, in the junior class, played played shortstop, had a really hard base hit. I think he's destined to be a football player. He's a really good quarterback prospect. He's already got some big-time Power 5 offers. Son of? The son of Mike Adams. Yeah. Former Texas Longhorn, who I believe coaches the receivers at Canyon, I think. Or he does – maybe he's like a passing game coordinator. I know he coaches on the football staff there, um, you know, as, as his sons go to Canyon, which is which has got to be really cool for him. But um, Deuce is a really talented baseball player. I, again, I think his future is on the gridiron. But um, he's a guy with some tools that, that's going to have a big part of their success um, this season as well. But uh, seeing them a couple times, I, I like Canyon. I think that they've got a real chance uh, to get into the playoffs and, and be in the mix there as well. Uh, a lot of athleticism, some physicality. Um, and then with Ortiz and some of those guys in the mound, they're going to have a chance to win some games. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, we talked about a lot of these really good players going on to play at the next level. Um, I spent some time going through our 2022 five tool 55 um, to see which guys were doing stuff, which guys weren't, who was getting to play. Um and a couple of things stuck out. I'm going to do a little short piece on some of the guys that are doing really well. Um, uh, spoiler alert, Colby Branch is one of those for Baylor. Yeah. Um, and then Easton Carmichael for OU is hitting, I think, you know, I don't know what he did last night, but going into la- yesterday, he was hitting about 430. I saw a um, video of one of that that homer he hit. Um Yeah. It wasn't Blasted. a cheapie. It was, it was not a cheapie. And like, yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I'm glad you're doing this because, like, me, like, I, uh, I, every time I do it, I start second guess everything I've ever done with rankings. I'm like, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do this with this guy? And I was like, slow down. Some of these guys might play for 15 more years. <laughs> like, there's, a, that's, there's a lot of time left in these careers. Well, that's what, that's where I was going with this is that, you know, it's, you need to be, making sure that you're paying attention to all the variables when you're picking a college. Yes. Um, and then understand that, you know, Hey, if you go to a, a big program, it may take some time. I mean, there's yeah. some guys that are starting every day that have averages in the hundreds and two hundreds. Um, but they're guys that show- guys that professional scouts wanted to hand a right. lot of money to <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. And um, you know, it's the development curves different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the situation can dictate that quite a bit. Um, you know, just having an idea of what you need as a player is going to be very beneficial to the process just because some guys need to play all the time. Yeah. Um, some guys need tons of at bats. Mm-hmm. And if you go to a place where there's a bunch of guys in front of you, that you're likely to not play until a couple years down the road. Hey, if that's what you want to do, great. But just understanding that going in um, to making your decision is going to be very, very important, I think. Um, and 
it's just, you know, it, it's a hard game and making that big jump, you know, some guys, you know, some guys at the 6A level may have had a leg up on seeing more quality arms on an Stuff, everyday basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment. And that's why, I mean, you know, especially as old as the college game is right now, still dealing with some of the COVID log jam and um, just the transfer portal, creating a lot of older teams. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and just understanding that I think is really important. And, you know, understanding that people aren't going to give up on you after, you know, a month into your college career, no matter what Twitter or the message board says, yeah, um, is important. Um, and it's a process. Um, and like I said, the big thing is knowing what you need um, yeah. and where, where to get that, because it's, it's not equal everywhere. Some places develop better. Some places can afford to spend time developing you, mm-hmm. whereas some of the bigger D1 programs can't when they're paying coaches millions of dollars to win they games. They got to win, yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's something to think about going through the process. Um, I see a lot of guys that, you know, have committed really early and are just taking off right now. And, you know, if they waited a little bit more time, they may have ended up at a bigger school if that's what they wanted. You know, mm-hmm. it's not what everyone wants and it's not what everyone needs, but, you know, just being patient, understanding the process um, and knowing what you need, I think are two key things to think of as, as the season goes. And then there's some guys that are taking off earlier in the junior season and, you know, wondering why they're not getting more offers or hearing from better teams, you know, like, Hey, wait, wait till the summer. Just Yeah. Just right? wait. You're, yeah. You're, it's you're going to have, you know, if you play for the right teams and get in front of the right guys, you're going to have opportunities. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just go out there, play ball, worry about the game right now and, and competing with your teammates and, you know, doing your best for your schools and your coaches. Um, You know, those are some things that stick out to me when I watch some of the, some of these games. Um, You know, it's, it's real evident to see the teams that are playing for each other versus playing for themselves. Um, And it's just something that's, pretty clear to see when you watch it um and you know it's it's a tough gig being a high school coach now is a tough gig because there's a lot of a lot of politics in it um a lot of factors out of the coach's control um and you know as a player you need to realize that and ask yourself are you are you part of that problem if Mm -hmm. there is one or are you contributing to it not being a problem are you contributing to the team to, to be a good teammate, to be a good leader and not worrying about only your stats and how you're doing specifically. But, mm. you know, I, I, I do, it's something that I've seen a lot of already. Um, and to be fair, I, I'd say over the first month, I've seen a lot more good than I have bad. Yeah. But, you know, it is, it is pretty, pretty easy to see when you're watching it. And if, even if, if you're not aware of it, um, you know, it's always part of my part of an evaluation pro- project as a player um, is knowing what knowing what you do well um, and having an idea of whether you're being a good team or not. Because if you're not and it's evident, you know, you can push yourself to the bottom of, of a lot of lists real quick by the way you carry yourself on the field. So uh, just thought I'd mention that as we head into district, you know, and now that, you know, Playing time might get scaled back a little bit now for some um, as we come out of tournaments and rosters and, and lineups get a little bit more set, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I just think it's an important thing to keep in the back of your mind and know that people are watching that because yeah. it, it can be important if the right coach or right scout is at a game watching you play, um, you know, may not be as willing to put your name in the hat for, for suggestions down the road. If, if they're seeing that, seeing a bad attitude or a guy that's clearly playing for himself versus the team. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely sticks out. Um, and like just to highlight one guy from last year, um, Chase Mora has seven homers already. And I think he's hit all of them in just two games. He had a three homer game and then he had a four homer game. And what ended up being a 19 to 18 win over North Dakota state. Um, I imagine the wind was probably a little friendly that day. We know when the wind gets going at, at, at San Marcos, the ball flies there, but wow. Um, what a start that he's at off to for the Bobcats. Um you know, seven homers, 18 RBI, and uh, 28 yeah, And I had another RBI last night as they beat TCU. Yeah, they had the a big midweek win for the – yeah, yeah. Frogs um, came down to slam Marcus. Yeah, which uh, – great. That's awesome. Like, you know, I, I wish I – there's more teams that just like, you know, would actually go on the road a little bit instead of like, okay, let's, let's only play home games during the midweek and force you to come play us. Uh, which that's that's really really cool. Great, a little bit of an RPI opportunity, but great competitive atmosphere. You learn about your team a little bit more and all that sort of stuff. So that was a, that was really cool to see. But um, in my journalism days, um, which I guess haven't ended technically, um, I would be considered for bearing the lead here. But uh, I it, it feels like it was like weeks ago. But I did see Travis Sakura against Vista Ridge not okay. too long ago, and uh, his first pitch of the game was on hundred miles an hour. Which uh, is uh, is is hard. really really good. That's hard. Um, am I losing my mind, or did we did we talk about him last podcast, or am I losing it? Uh, no, I think you did because it would have been Tuesday, right? Or was it Wednesday? It was Tuesday. So yeah, and we then, yeah we would have talked. Be losing about your mind. Let me, I might be losing my mind. My uh, my daughter hasn't been sleeping very well. Um. <laughs> Which and means like, you have it. Yes. And then last night, my dog woke me up at, um, <laughs> my dog woke me up at 3.30 um, because he needed to go to the restroom. To his credit, he he didn't need to go to the restroom. So I'm glad he told us. Um, no, I'm looking at, so the last podcast was, uh, was all festival. Okay. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think we talked about Sakura in the last one. Okay, okay. Um, but four innings, one hit, five strikeouts, no walks. First pitch was 100, a bunch of 99, settle in, 95, 97. <laughs> uh, you know, typical day at the yard for Travis Sakura. It's crazy that, like, I've seen him multiple times now, and, like, it's like, oh, yeah, he, you know, he touched, a, he bumped 100, like, like casually saying it, because I've seen it multiple times. But I – the difference maker in that start against Vista Ridge, his slider was the best I've ever seen it. And I know that's something he's been working on, um, you know, to show he's not just a guy that can throw really hard. And it was a really, really good pitch. It might seem outrageous to say this, but it was a better pitch than his fastball was. Like it was a just the shape, the velocity, the whiffs, uh, some 
ugly swings that right-handers were, were taking against it. Um, it had everything you want a high school slider to have at 84 to 87 miles an hour. It was really, really good. He threw one changeup that got a whiff and a strikeout. Um, so he's got that in his back pocket as well. But um, it, it threw really, really well. There are a ton of scouts there, as there are all, all his starts and will be um, for the foreseeable future. But I think he really helped himself uh, because the slider was really, really good. And uh, shout out to Ethan Sanders of Vista Ridge was the only guy that had a knock against Sakura. Um, timed up a 97 mile an hour fastball and smacked a single into right field. Not bad for a 2025 member, um, yeah. a sophomore there. That's that I know Vista Ridge and those guys are super excited about his future in the middle of the infield there playing shortstop. Um, and again, th- we've talked about this guy a lot, Jake Wagner heading to Seattle. Oh, yeah. Yep. Man, what a get for those guys. Really great catch and throw skill. He threw out another runner stealing. Like every time I watch them play, he catches the guy stealing. Um, really works his pitchers well. Great confidence, great competitiveness, great leadership. Uh, that's it just, you know, it's a treat to watch him behind the plate. I know Hank Howard, you know, it, it was kind of a tough night for him. Um, you know, Round Rock with, with, the, with the tragic passing of Jeff Onaveros. Uh, former standout Texas Longhorn national champion, former standout Round Rock Dragon, um, a guy that I, I think that Hank grew up, you know, as it, Jeff was one of his coaches and they honored Jeff before the game. And I think he was kind of dealing with some, with some emotions there, which yeah. I can't even imagine, man, being on the mound yeah. in that situation, having those sorts of things go through your head as well. So um, it wasn't at his best, but then I saw last night he struck out 12 and got the win. So he was back to his usual stuff on the mound for those guys at Vista Ridge. Uh, you know, one of our favorite guys for sure. Um, yeah. you know, really like watching him compete and, and go after it. But, um, you know, I know Coach Garvin, those guys are, are really excited about their future. But, you know, Sakura was really, really dealing. Um, and that Round Rock team, man, they're just – they're no offense to last year's group, but they're just way better. They're way more athletic. They have more pitching depth with guys like Cade Wavell, Tanner Jackson, a 5 tool academic guy. Um, Hudson Ellis, a junior shortstop, had in the DBU, had some really bright moments. Uh, offensively for those guys um just a, a really standout performance there and uh I, I just think that they're much much better than they were last year um but they'll, they'll get they'll get a lot of writing love you know one of the things about watching all these tournaments and stuff is the games start piling up and it's like i've got like 25 pages of notes to go through in terms of writing speaking of all of our five tool festival coverage is is live um really proud of the of all of our coverage from that event whether it was podcasts, whether it was, you know, um, some highlights from the uh, uh, day one and day two action, superlatives, all festival team. We had scout notes on all 14 teams, uh, which ended up being really detailed and, and really great. So um, if you participate in that event or if you're you know, a college coach, say, hey, I didn't get to go see, you know, all the games. I want to go kind of look back and see. We've got video. We've got scout notes. We've got podcasts. We've got all that stuff covered from the Five Tool Festival uh, which which is done and, and really proud of the job our staff did covering that event and, and organizing it and things like that. So that's all at fivetool.org um, as well, in addition to our, our video coverage, which we're all over the place. Uh, I mean, it's just like every night, it seems like we've got great video coming through there. That's all at fivetool.org. Check out the line, go on there. You can customize your feed as well. If you're a player, again, I keep saying this, but like I see more and more like great quality videos being taken by mom, dad, team manager, whomever. Um, I'm telling you, go check out our premium profile feature. You could take all those videos and upload them to a player profile page and then share that with anybody, college coaches, 
whomever you want to share it with. Um, you know, it's a great, great resource for players and for coaches and families as well. So if you haven't looked into that, um, please do. Um, and feel free to in- email us at info, info at fivefold.org and we can help you with uploading videos, learning more about the website, uh, whatever it may be, because we think it's a really good tool uh, for helping you as a player get exposure and maybe get those opportunities at the next level. So um, before we go, have you have you watched any of the World Baseball Classic? I have. Um, I have watched every pitch of USA games. Nice. Um, and then I've had some other games on in the background. It's been pretty cool um, to be on during the day. It's nice to have on in the background, like when we're knocking yeah. stuff out. Yeah, it's 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 more entertaining than some of the spring training games for sure. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like yeah. I mean, it's 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 cool to see like some of those atmospheres have just been electric. Like those games in Miami but with like Dominican Republic and Venezuela and stuff like that, like it's you know, I, the USA deal like I kind of feel I don't I don't know what the right word is, but like they're kind of hamstrung with their pitching usage. It just yeah. like they yeah. didn't go all in with the pitching. They went all in with the position players, whereas like the Dominican and Venezuela and, and some of those other teams are like all in with their arms. And guys are out there like they're all in when they're on the mound. But some of these atmospheres, it, it they've just been awesome. Um, you know, the players are super into it. You know, Mike Trout gave a great interview about, you know, how much it means to play for his country and how much fun he's having at the event. I saw that. And, yeah. And, um, you know, it's 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 cool to see the guys just, like, take so much pride in putting that jersey on and going out there um, and competing. Like, seeing what Shohei Otani was doing in the Tokyo Dome, I mean, how awesome was that? Yeah. You know, hit, hit a home run, the crowd went nuts. And then I love, like, a Czech Republic pitcher who's an electrician in his, in his, as, as a full-time job. <laughs> he's not a baseball player. Punched out Otani, and then the Electric. next day Otani finds him <laughs> and sign like has a shine jersey and takes a photo with him. Like that's that's just that's really really that guy's never gonna forget that. Um, and very cool of Otani to you know not think oh this guy struck me out or whatever. Like seeks him out, takes a picture with him, has an autographed jersey. But if you're a baseball fan that's been missing out on this stuff, I I, I think that you're really missing a really uniquely awesome. Um, environment and atmosphere it's it's these guys are really competing at the high level then there's a guy from um nicaragua that that struck out like yeah. and a couple other guys and got the a tiger job. scout is there and he gets signed after the game like got himself yeah, a job yeah got himself a job in professional baseball going out and punching out those guys um as I, I think i read that like he was one of the last roster ads for nicaragua and like i was watching that live and i was like man his changeup is really really good and sure enough, it gets signed right away after the game by the Tigers. But um, if you're a baseball fan, it's 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 really really cool uh, to watch those games. So yeah, it's uh, Mexico. I mean, uh, Mexico put it on USA pretty bad um, that game. Uh, Randy Rosarena, not a guy to mess with in in big game situations. Yeah, um, when he put on the boots, it was over. So. It was over. It was over. He got a fresh pair of new boots, put them on after his batting practice round, like. You should have known then they're like, oh boy, it's gonna be a long day, long day for the United States. Um, and what was a road game for those guys in Arizona? That that atmosphere was very, very, very pro team Mexico. Um very it's just much. been really, really, really cool to watch that. And I'm excited to see you know Japan and Roki Sasaki who throws 102 with a, a nasty splitter. I think he's only 21 years old, might be the best young pitching talent in the world um currently. So it's gonna be fun to see those guys as they progress. But yeah, it's been a great atmosphere and great baseball watching as we gear up for 
high school district play, college baseball is going to be getting the conference play soon, and Major League Baseball season is going to be getting started, and the World Baseball Classic is going to be winding down uh, with their elimination games as they head towards crowning a champion there. So great time to be a baseball fan. But, um, well, that about wraps us up. Thanks for tuning in to episode 105 of the 5-Tool Podcast. You can follow us at 5-Tool-Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, check out uh, all of our coverage on Twitter on our various regional networks, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, but really, really check out 5tool.org and check out the line to keep track with everything that we're doing um, on the high school side, the JUCO side, and beyond. Right. So uh, for Drew, I'm Dustin. Until we talk to you all next time, take care.